live, and by that we mean recorded in advance from the Arnold Cluck smoking room nestled in the heart of the sprawling villa which is Gut Check South Command, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in the Arnold Cluck smoking lounge live by my good friend and my partner in radio and my work friend. And my business partner of 10 years, Zachary Bartles. Baby, welcome. Oh, hats. A lot of hats a you're wearing. Hats. A lot of hats you're wearing. Radio star, publishing superstar. Um, dude, do you, do you get out of bed in the morning and just feel satisfied with all that you've built? Dude, I... I or do you feel like you're wandering in the wilderness, unable to move forward? I try <laughs> not to get the kind of Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. behold Babylon the Great, which I have created <laughs> That's kind of right. mindset. That's I, right. It's hard. That's good. I struggle. That's good of you, though. That's good of you that you're that you're that you're. I don't want to make myself out to be a hero. That's right. You know. But if you want to, I'm not going to argue. Listen, I'm no cultural hero. I'm just a guy who does radio. How can you even say that every six weeks? (laughs) (laughs) If you want to call me a hero because of what we're doing, and lots of people do. Okay. Can we talk about something? Yes. That we've not talked about really. This show is all about us talking about something. (laughs) It's the very nature of what we do. Occasionally talking about nothing. That's right. Why is it mm-hmm. that the Happy Rant podcast and the These Go to, for, to 11 podcast yeah. come out weekly like clockwork? Okay. And yet the Gut Check podcast, mm-hmm. which in my opinion... Is better than both of us combined. better than both of us. Yeah, yeah. I agree about comes that. Comes out uh, bi-monthly. <laughs> why, why is it that... That doesn't happen. Is it because, as we've said before, try to justify her behavior uh-huh. in sloth? Uh-huh. We only record when we've really got something. Yeah. We don't force it. Or is it just that we don't have a specific time every week regimented? I think, I think it's both. I'm, I'm going to posit a third theory. All right. And I can't speak for these go to 11, but I want to hear your input on it since okay. you're, you're a member of that program. Um, my theory is, I know for the happy rant, the other two guys on the program are way more like business minded than I am. Mm-hmm. They're way more like promotionally oriented than me. Um, and maybe there's some of that working on these go to 11 on your end, such that it's really Barnabas and Ron keeping it on task every week. Um, like I would not do the happy rant every week. Were it not for Barnabas, like sending the text saying, Hey, when are we recording? And what okay. are we talking about? Oh, but it's not the exact same time every week. It, it used to be, time every week. but now with how, how much Ron travels, like <laughs> it's, it's really hard <laughs> to Traveling find a time. Man. Traveling Ronnie and, and dude, I'll, I'll have you know. Um, and I'm doing this, what I'm doing, I'm throwing this out, out there in a, in a very thinly veiled, um, I, I want this to make you like me more sort of thing. Um, I, I'm going to stop you right there, Ted. Yeah. It's impossible for me to like you more. Ah, baby, that's so sweet. But well, I let's hear it anyway. I canceled those guys for this week. I said I'm off the table oh, for the week. Oh. I'm not doing it. Oh. Um, because of this. Because I didn't want to interrupt this for that. And let me tell you what. Uh-huh. If I was going to be here Thursday, I'd have done the same thing. Yeah. Because that's when we record is Thursday nights. Sure. Um, let me let me bounce something off you that yeah. see what you think. Uh-huh. The fact that we are... Um, hit and miss mm-hmm. makes it seem like ooh, it's a special treat. Yeah, yeah. And when we came and summer gut check, we did every single week. Yeah, we didn't miss one week for like uh, two and a half months. Yeah, that's right. And there was very little buzz. Yeah, 
Like the numbers of downloads were a little lower. Really? That people weren't talking about as much. Fascinating. And yet, I feel like we're not um, Young Sheldon, a television show that that's on every week. Yeah, that's and right. And that is very safe, and people like to laugh at. So it's always the same beats, the same jokes, same yeah. formula. Yeah, Rather, yeah. we are say Arrested Development or Archer. Or, yeah. or home star runner, Absolutely. where like it disappears for a while, and then people are like, "Where'd that go?" And they're like, "Oh, it's back!" Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what we're we are. rogues. We are rogues. We're mavericks. We're mavericks. Absolutely. We're mavrogues. Yeah, baby. We're 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 cowboys. We're pirates. You know. We're all those. Things. We're all those things. You know what? We're ninjas. <laughs> That's right. Radio ninjas. We're ra- <laughs> radio ninjas. Listen. All seriousness. You know what? We're surgeons. <laughs> you know, we're garbage men. You know, I'm just saying things now. You're just saying different vocations. I like it. Ninjas. Yeah, we're radio ninjas of vocations. That's on our tax return. I wonder what my humorless, cold, un- unwavering accountant would think if, if I put radio ninja on my, on my tax return next year. Seriously, Megan Tennant, if you're listening. If you wanted to draw me and Zach as ninjas... And it'd be quick. You wouldn't have to do the faces. You could exactly. cover up with those masks. I wouldn't be opposed to it. So essentially, like, us dressed up as ninjas would be like every other ninja picture. That I'd, there I'd like was. it if we didn't have the masks. Yeah, I'd like it too. Up. Yeah, they get pulled up. Like, unmasked ninjas. Or like the samurai helmet. Yeah. Ooh. Radio ninjas. Radio ninjas. Ted Cluck and Zach Burrows. And, and, and you know what? Let me just plug yeah. that into, like, uh, the, the conversation before. With ninjas, mm-hmm. you don't know where and when they're going to strike. If That's you did, right. you'd be ready for them. Right, right. If you if you did, that would that would if undermine like the very word ninja. Every Thursday at seven, I'm the attacking every nurse every Thursday at seven. But yeah, if it's be like, ready. ooh, when it, when is the gut check radio ninja thing going to happen? Yeah, boom. Mm-hmm. You're not ready for it. It just arrives in your your uh, you know cast box yeah. on your phone. That's right. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's but right. you're happy about it. <laughs> you just ashed your I'm cigar ashed, all over the place. Ashed it everywhere. That was good. Good emphasis, though. Um, baby, we've got a full slate of things to talk about on this program, don't we? We do. And we you do. you ran through all of them, and I've forgotten all of them in the like ten minutes that it took me to put on a pair of shorts. Well, I had to convince you that it, it takes you ten minutes to put on a pair of shorts, dude. No, I did some other stuff too, but <laughs> um, I, I don't have a ton to say about. About the Mike Pence kerfuffle, but I'm excited to hear what you have to yes, say about it. Yes, I want it. to talk about it because it's really interesting. But before that, yeah, can we talk uh, the Kickstarter? Yes, essay collection. Let's absolutely talk about it. I'm going to pull up the Kickstarter page here. Okay. And if you were a Kickstarter, by the way, it's the it's over, and you mm. should have gotten a survey asking for your address and everything. Fill that out. And if you didn't get it for some reason, just email us at GutCheck your address, and we will when, when these things ship, the rewards ship, we'll make sure you get what you got coming. Yeah. We are going to deliver. We're also, not- thank you to everybody that funded the Kickstarter. And again, this is a Kickstarter for uh, a new GutCheck Press book, an essay collection uh, by me called A Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day. Um, the, the cover is... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gas up the cover a little bit. The cover is the, literally the most beautiful, like, uh, personal to me cover I've ever had in all my 15 years of publishing. I'm the most excited about it that I've ever been about a cover. Uh, our very own Zachary Bartles, my business partner, made the cover. Um, graphic designer, maverick, ninja, wanderer <laughs> in the wilderness. Uh, th- that self-same Zachary Bartles um, made a beautiful cover. And I'm, I'm stoked out of my mind about this book. So, Zach, maybe um, as you're pulling up that list, can you talk about 
or maybe together we can talk about like what some of the essays are, how the book is going to be structured, um, just so people know a little bit more about what they're getting. All right. So the the, the categories in the book are um, it's broken up into four sections. Yep. There's pop culture. Yep. I'm going to be honest. Most of my favorite essays are in that category. Yeah. There's sports. Yep. I'm going to be honest. A lot of those I don't get. Yeah. But I can tell. There's not a ton of those though. It's a it's a smaller section. It's a smaller section. But Ted, I, I've said this when I when I was um, talking about talking up this this project mm-hmm. on these go to eleven. I said you are literally the only guy who can write about sports in a way that makes me care. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank like you. one of my favorite books of yours, probably my favorite book of yours, honestly, mm-hmm. is uh, the the semi pro football book. Really, paper time. Yeah, it's oh, so it's good. Nice. Like because it's not about. Like these plays, particularly, mm-hmm. it's about like the stories of the people the of the and gods. the dreams they have, and all yep. that. I love. That's yeah. why I love sports movies. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you write about sports and it makes it feel like a sports movie. Man, that's good. It's it's because I think like sports movies were so formative for me. Probably nobody on the planet likes sports movies as much as I do, and and that comes through in the writing. Then there's uh, life. Yeah, <laughs> life. <laughs> life section. Uh huh. Um, I mean, for me, sports is life. Yeah, but we separated. Them. Absolutely. Um, and that that also has a lot of good stuff. Like, yeah. and, and this this I want you all to realize this is not like Ted banged these all out because he wanted to have an essay book. Mm-hmm. This is literally like the best of Ted's short pieces from like the last ten years. Yeah, stuff that's been published in the Jackson Sun, USA Today, um, various sports places. Yeah, just various things. Over your the years. blog. Yeah, my blog. blog. I mean, most of the stuff on your blog was blog stuff here yeah. and on, but once in a while you would write something really meaty and and thought provoking yeah, yeah. on your blog and it got a ton of interaction mm-hmm. but now your blog's gone yeah so some of them are being recycled into this book I love it and and uh, then and so the life section has like uh, you know stuff everything from like what it's like to to try and be a, a writer in a struggling market to yeah. what it's like uh, moving you know yeah. starting over somewhere else yeah. and and getting older yep. Yep. Some of the more recent stuff. And then um, there's the kind of gut check, happy rant, inside joke section. Oh, dude, which might be my favorite section. And I think if we're going to do any dramatic reads on the air, it's going to be from that section. The one so that I would have wanted pull... to do, we can't do. No, the one that we wanted to do, we can't do. Uh, but maybe there's some others that we can do. Kind of my favorite like little writing wheelhouse to be in as I was producing stuff for that section was uh, me acting like a magazine and feature writer for various publications in various like time periods throughout yes. history. Yes. And uh, and then writing accordingly. So those were fun. I think the the revisionist history of Ted and Zach's relationship is in that section, um, which is another favorite of mine. Uh, what what would have happened if we had crossed paths at Taylor, home of the Mike Pence controversy, which we'll get back to in a few minutes. But uh, so so my uh, sister went to your your alma mater, and yeah. she's mentioned in that revisionist history because that's the only way we could have met earlier yeah, yeah. Went through her so i sent that to her i said read this it's hilarious yeah and she wrote back she's like i don't i don't remember when i brought you to an exit 59 concert uh-huh. at taylor what i'm it, sorry about that do people get hung up in the details i'm like they? no no it didn't really happen mm-hmm. it's for funnies yeah and she's like oh yeah i know it didn't happen but i assumed that it was like playing on something that did and i'm like dude no. <laughs> okay yeah maybe um, she's not the target demo for this i feel like she is i was confused by her confusion yeah I'm, I'm uh, bringing up a list of the White Knights because there were also not only other different sections of the book. Yeah, there were different tiers that you could. Back Is there a section the of the book out. called "Wandering Around in the Wilderness," like reimagining <laughs> my faith? Is that a section? Uh, you know no. what? I would like to see mm-hmm. in the gut check. Uh, section at the end. I'd like you to write. What's beautiful about this is you can add to the very end, right? Yeah. And I'd like to see you write a little piece about you and I 
at the Evolving Faith Conference. That, we're, ne- like, that we're never going to. Right, would be right. like, ooh, I may write that this afternoon, Zach. I bet you will. <laughs> Ted, I don't know anyone who jumps into, like, like if I was, if someone said, I want you to write this, I'd be like, oh, okay. And I'd like, yeah. mull it over for yeah, a while, yeah. and then I would just get yeah. kind of Let tired of the idea. Yeah. You're just like, grab the plat, And you can talk with a room full of people while you bang out a piece uh-huh. of creative nonfiction. I love doing that. I think I write best in that environment. That's funny because I, you don't strike me as the kind of um, extrovert who feeds off of the energy of interaction with other people. You know, I feed off of it when I've got an audience in the room that I can lay some sentences on after I've written a few sentences. Yes, and then they will laugh. And then they will laugh, exactly. So it's a, it was a very specific kind of writing that works in that context. Uh, but man, I am stoked out of my mind for this book. I cannot wait. Um, and, and I think it's because at the end of the day, and, and not to get too like serious and Ernest Hemingway here, but you and I like really love writing. Um, and this book to me is like a celebration of the kind of writing that's really fun for me. And it's, it's just writing that's fun for me to do. It's nourishing. Um, I enjoy it. So do you have a, do you have a, a, um, a list of people for me to read the names of out loud? Dude, I do. Now, some of them are harder to pronounce, and some of them are easier to Well, you pronounce. know what I'm going to do, though? I'm going to give the old college try, because they deserve it. And you can practice here, and then with the wider audience of the Happy Rant, you can more confidently, because that's part, yeah. of, part of the White Knight tier. Yeah. Is that you get... In fact, no, you know what? Mm-hmm. You've got more people who are going to have White Knights, but you also need to, to uh, shout out to the people that were at the second highest tier. That also included the... Uh, Baby, bring them up. There's a couple of those here. Bring them up. I'm going to shout them out. Now, Zach, while you're pulling those up, tell tell the audience what they had to, like what they had to contribute in order to to reach these echelons because it's quite impressive. I mean, it's impressive what these people um, what they sacrificed to see this book come to fruition. So I'm really I'm really appreciative of them. Well, here's where the tears were. Yeah, Hans Booby was a was a lower one. Yeah. Hello, we love you. You got the Hello, I love you book along with. Um, there were a number of them. Uh, I thought this one was really cleverly named "Baby, Your Money," and then in, and then in parentheses, or yeah. "Baby, Your Money." Like uh-huh. You're giving us That's your so money. That's so funny. I love uh, that. Nobody pledged at that level. Uh-huh. Uh, but the the two highest ones was the eighty dollar level, uh, and then the hundred dollar level, which was "You're Our White Knight." Mm-hmm. Uh, and and here's here's where we're at. That the top two names are the uh, second highest, and then the four are the White Knights. There. Okay. Oh man, this is this is great. I know some of these people. Um, and they know is, and love you, Ted. Baby, this is exciting, man. Um, are we ready? Are we ready to uh, officially read these names? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. And I want, I want you to say something nice about each of the people, even though you only know some of them. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> um, all right, first one. First one is a near and dear friend of the Gut Check Army. Uh, he's been a member of the Gut Check Army since probably day one. So he goes back about a decade with our company. Um, dear friend, Biatch. Dude, Biatch, Brad Atchison is actually a part of the company. Biatch is a part of the company. Propaganda minister. Propaganda minister. He's on the original masthead. Did a lot of work for us in the early years of Gut Check. It, when we were a startup, Zach, just a, we were just a small tech startup. Um, tech. <laughs> we were a small Silicon Valley tech startup. We're a tech startup, which is short for technically not a startup. Yeah. We, but, were, we were just, just operating out of a garage in Silicon Valley. Just you and me and Piatch. <laughs> and now we're in a smoke room in Jackson, Tennessee. That's so right. We, um, We've come a long way. We've... Honestly, if you went from like the uh, the garage at your old place uh-huh. to the smoke room at this place, it does feel like, uh, it, you know, if the assumption was that it was the company that brought us here. Yeah. It feels it, like it, it was. incredibly successful. Yeah, it was. It was. We've moved up in the world. And Piatch also came up with 
some of the great characters of uh, America. Yeah, yeah like, one of our one of our almost most... half of the characters that are, are around still. Dude, that's right. Originated in this dude's mind. One of the most popular and, mo- and most famous like conceits we've ever had as a company. This re-raptured series. Um, wildly successful. Which we need to probably do a little reading from. We need to do a reading and we need to do some writing for. Wildly successful book series, re-raptured, re-raptured again. Brad Atchison, Biatch, tip of the cap to you, baby. We miss you. Uh, We miss hanging out. And uh, thanks for being in the Gut Check Army at this level. Now, next name. I don't know this guy, so I'm kind of going to craft a persona around him. Okay. um, Just on the fly, okay? So this is the next contributor at that same level. Andrew Raffa. Ooh. Rafa, Rafa, which sounds cooler? Rafa, Rafa sounds cooler. Rafa sounds cooler. So sounds really cool. Yeah, Andrew Rafa. I'm gonna say, um, ex-Israeli special forces. Friends with Itai. Friends with Itai. No, no, no. Roommates with Itai. <laughs> Itai and Andrew Rafa share a bachelor pad in the old city of Jerusalem. It's the penthouse of a very nice building. Um, they they go into the market. They make little forays into the market. Um, they get their, they get Tommy Hilfiger socks, and then they have adventures in the in the evening hours after the tours are over. Um, uh, Fifty shekels. Here's, if they have a girl home, yeah. they hang a shofar from the doorknob. <laughs> they hang a, shofar, a little shofar from the doorknob. I'm going to say this about Andrew Rafa, okay? And I want you to, I want you to listen to this and let it sink in. Women want to be with him. Men want to be him. Oh, did you make that up just now? No. Oh, okay. It's, it's been okay. But uh, but if I had, would you have been impressed? How impressed? Yeah, I would have been yeah, mildly yeah. impressed. Yeah. As impressed as I am with Andrew Rafa, um, and, the, and the fact that he shares a bachelor pad in the old city of Jerusalem with Itai. Let me say something equally impressive yeah. about Andrew Rafa. Yeah, say it. Crowdfunded the essay book at at the second highest tier. Mm-hmm. Good for him. That's right. That's huge. That's huge. Andrew Rafa made with the shekels. Tip of the cap. Thank you for the shekels. Uh, we appreciate it. Now I'm moving to the highest tier. Okay, I don't see tiers. I don't see these distinctions in the in the culture. Everybody's on the same tier to me. I mean, but you're not going to read all the tons of names of everybody. But which is the thing, which is the thing that I learned at the at the evolving faith conference um, <laughs> that I never attended. But you you only see tiers of like enlightened woke like yeah uh, leftist Christians and then all the other idiot yeah. peasants. And I see their actual tiers. Right? <laughs> As they weep for the culture, and then and I see it through a veil, Zach, of my own tears. So I do see tears, but just not T I E R S. Ah, okay. Yeah, I see the other kind of tears. Um, this is the highest tier, and there are four names here. Tears for fears, man. Tears for fears. That could be the name of the other. I think that is T I E R S. Tears for fears. Yeah. Doing a little show, doing a little radio business on the fly. Um, I'm gonna read these four names, man. We are so appreciative of these people. You know, this is unbelievable, dude. Truly, again. Zero percent irony, zero percent snark. Like the fact that people want to read my book and want to read my words, and uh, these are these are by and large people I've never met. I think we need to also acknowledge that we, mm-hmm. for some reason, we and meaning I, yeah. limited the the top tier to yeah. four people. Yeah, and they got grabbed up pretty quick. So probably the other two wanted to. Sure, but sure. Had, had to go at the second highest. Level, exactly. So. Exactly. No, this is this is great. Um, there are four names here. I'm going to read them. The first one, I actually have a real story to go with this guy. Okay. This guy's awesome. Uh, the first guy is Michael Styles. Oh, yeah. Uh, he sent some pro- some uh, product to the program. At some dude, point. he sent some product. And also, get this. So, Michael Styles lives in Texas. And he's a, a, a little bit older, non-traditional college student, um, but was going to college down in Texas. And one day, I get an email from this guy. And he's like, hey, if I road trip up to Jackson, Tennessee... 
to sit in on one of your, your journalism classes at Union University, can we do that? Because I, I want to come to Union and I want to study journalism under you. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, baby, of course. The door's always open for guys like you, right? Um, so lo and behold, he shows up on my doorstep. He comes to a class. Um, incredible dude. We kind of spend the afternoon together chatting. And uh, he's coming to Union to study journalism with me. Michael Stiles. Next um, next year or what? I think next year. I think next like next That's school awesome. year. So yeah, this guy's incredible, talented young dude. He'll be simultaneously your student and your white knight. Friend of the program, and he is he is Hans Bubby, my white knight, Michael Stiles to I feel like he earned probably an A on a paper that would have otherwise gotten like a C, right? Yeah, he earned an A really through the whole program. I, I mean not, I'm not on supposed record. to say that. Yeah, off the record. <laughs> And not for real so not much, real, but, so but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll just get A's by his own merit. Yeah, of course, you know, and just by nature of the fact that he's a college student in 2019. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Those are the kind of people that gets A's. That's right. I said that gets A's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would still get an A though, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because who am I to say you that you're wrong for saying it that way? Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that's a colloquial. That's term. your journey. I that's where you're from. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's your experience. That's your unique experience. Speaking of unique experiences. Um, I have a second name to read here. Um, the name is... Uh, can you help me with the pronunciation? I don't have a clue. I'm going to lead on you. Um, the next name is Elide Wilkinson. Is that how you would have said that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Elide Wilkinson. Yeah. Yeah. Elide Wilkinson is a... I'll tell you um, something about Elide Wilkinson that will help you flesh me. out. Yeah. This is somebody who, who put in the, the hundy. Yeah. And then messaged the Kickstarter and said... Listen, I'm in the UK, yeah, and I know it says continental US, so if you can't send me a book, that's all right. And Aww. I said, we are absolutely sending you a book. If it costs $20, we're going to send you a book. Dude, it probably will cost more than that. You're getting the book. You're getting the book, Elite Wilkinson. Elite Wilkinson is, um, uh, 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 he, he's in Downton Abbey, okay? <laughs> so he's a distant relative of Lord Grantham. He's actually a duke of some kind. Um, he's a, he's a man of means, uh, he's a man of leisure, and he lives on one of these sprawling palatial kind of estates in the UK, similar to Lord Grantham. He's like his town's Lord Grantham, all right? So, like Lord Grantham, the whole, like, economy of the village, like, rests on him? It rests on him, and that's weighty, okay? So, so he's, he's, in a sense, burdened by that, but he's also... He brings light and joy into the lives of everyone that he meets in the village, and they're all deferential to him, and they all... They all wave in a very warm and knowing way as he walks by, knowing that they really they owe their very lives to him. Um, and he knows it <laughs> about them. But he downplays him. it. He but he downplays it, yeah. and he's humble about it. And and what happens in the show is he and Lord Grantham kind of come together. Well, this is a show. Well, it's Downton Abbey. This isn't real life. This is a show. Well, it's real life, but it's also a show. <laughs> the show is Downton Abbey, based on the real life of the Lee Wilkinson. <laughs> it's a crossover. He and Grantham come together, and what they do, Zach, is they commiserate about about what they they both have to go through because very few people can understand their experiences. Mm, yeah, yeah. Which is why Lee Wilkinson had the means to make this kind of a of a, of, a, of a contribution. Now, one thing that uh, Duke Wilkinson could do, yeah, is buy a copy of the book for everyone in his village. He could. He should. And he will. He will. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Not to put words in his mouth. It'll be on Amazon UK, so you yeah, can get yeah. the free shipping yeah. at that point. Yeah. It'll be in the top 100 of Amazon UK for a couple days. Uh, all right, we got another one here, Zach. And this one is going to stretch me uh, in terms of pronunciation, but I'm excited. The next two, probably, right? Well, the next two. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, the last one is, is easier. Um, the next two. So th- this this next guy, yeah, and this is fascinating because I'm... 
I'm really thrilled to bring this person on board of the Gut Check Army because this person was a very elite pitcher in the professional baseball leagues in Tokyo. Okay. All right? uh-huh. And he was recently signed by the Seattle Mariners, my favorite Major League Baseball team. Um, so he was, he was one of these import players signed by the Mariners. He's in the starting rotation. Um, and his name is Daichi Saruta. Um, throws about 95, 96 miles per hour on the gun. He's got a nice breaking ball. His curveball has a lot of nice movement on it. And he's taking Major League Baseball in the American League West by storm this season. And in the midst of all that, he still had time to get online um, and make a contribution to our Kickstarter because he's a man of letters. That's that the is thing. This real? No. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I, 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 thought I just made up. Yeah, I mean... I, I read that name and I thought it might be a, uh, a dame. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Could you come up I with an cheat. alternate backstory? No, for, I like for, what you said. Yeah. I like it a lot. In fact, if it is if it is a woman, mm-hmm. I like the story even better. Taking uh, Major League Baseball by storm. Isn't that nice? Tokyo. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Breaking down barriers. Dude, what's crazy is that this last one, the fourth name, also a pro baseball player, former, also a pitcher... Um, and we just have one name. So did the person not give their last name? I said, we're going to mention you on the program. Do you want to give me a last name? And he said, no. Okay. I know who this person is. Do you? Yeah. This person is Sam Mayday Malone. Oh, Sam Who owns a, a very popular bar in Boston called Cheers. Does he still own it, though? Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe. In my mind, he reacquired it. Yes. You know? Yes. In my mind, he reacquired the bar. Uh, Sam Mayday Malone, very successful relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox in the 70s. Until he drunk uh, himself out of a career. Until he drank himself out of Major yeah. League Baseball and then bought Cheers and um, had a little on-again, off-again situation with Diane Chambers um, and then lots of other women. But uh, Sam, again, like low-key a man of letters. I think all that time he spent with Diane, it gave him an appreciation for the personal essay and for creative mm-hmm. nonfiction yeah. in such a way that it kind of primed him to be able to be a patron of this kind of a project. So, Sammy, wherever you are, um, we love you. We appreciate you. We hope you're wearing that green uh, rugby that says Nike on it. Um, you know, you're you, you're wearing the heck out of it wherever you are. Sam never buttoned the rugbies. They were always, no. like, down to, like, right, right where you could see all the chest hair. He had a great rug of 80s chest hair, though. And it was a particular kind of chest hair that, that doesn't grow anymore. Like, I'm convinced that, like, physiologically... And I'm, I'm not a scientist, Zach. I don't know that I could, like, I could defend this scientifically. But uh, don't you agree, though, that the particular kind of chest hair that Sammy Mayday Malone was rocking in the 80s is a thing of the past? I just literally spit. Can you wipe down the front of my grandpa's uh, 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 recliner there? Oh, I'm so sorry, oh, dude. It's I'm fun. so sorry. Yeah, it's kind of your fault. Yeah, it's mean, so funny. In a way, it's my fault. I yeah. got, uh, I kind of spit out some of the, uh, the bang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Energy drink. Um... Yeah, I, 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 I feel like the kind of guys who accidentally grow that these days wax it. Yeah. Did I, did I spit it anywhere else? I don't know. I don't know that you did. But, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine, baby. It's oh, fine. man. Um, I just don't feel like you see that kind of chest hair. Yeah, it's, it's kept under wraps It's now. kept under wraps. It's waxed. It's shaved. Although I sort of feel like we saw that when we were at the Dead Sea together. Yeah. And we saw a man who was full-on naked yeah. at the public outdoor showers. Yeah. Where there were men, women, and children all yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, just like, here's my body, and I'm washing the salt off it. I feel like he had that kind Swing of... Swinging his loaf around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he had that level of, of yeah. Sam Medieval alone. Dude, he did. Yeah, he had a carpet. That may have, I didn't look close. I looked away right away. Well, yeah, of course. That might have been Sam Malone. <laughs> that may have been. Know. It may have been. Yeah. In which sure. case, we're not judging you. Thanks for kickstarting the project. That's right. That's right. Even though you shower naked at the, at the Dead Sea. To each their own. Sam made him alone. Um, thanks, baby. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for caring for my smoker in in such a in such a nice way. Uh, we are uh, we are wildly appreciative of these patrons. Seriously, thanks for for all that you do to make this book happen. We're stoked about the book. We may do a little dramatic read from it a little later in the program, but before we do, I <laughs> doesn't grow anymore scientifically. Yeah, I don't know if I can defend it. I don't. I haven't done all the science behind it. But um, well, you but, got the outbuilding where scientific experiments have. Done I got the lab. I could, I could, I could, I could, run, I could run some like chest hair experiments up there. Did I see like some like Bunsen burners and stuff? Like you were doing a little ultra jest experimentation. Dude, I was doing some ultra jest and some. Uh, I was working with some bull strength compounds up there. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at these days, scientifically speaking. Um, Zach, let's talk about um, my old college. And I have to say it's my old college and not my alma mater because I didn't graduate from there. Um, oh! Yeah, I spent, I spent two and a half years at Taylor. Um, graduated from IUPUI. Indiana University is technically the, the, the degree-granting institution, but it was Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis. Okay. Kind of the Harvard of the near west side of Indianapolis. That's what um, they say. It was a great school, though. I loved IUPUI. Um, went to Taylor for two and a half years. It was, it was good. Um, it was neither the... Met the saucy broad there. Met the saucy broad, met a great friend. Um, Taylor, Taylor was a very good place to be. It was very met good. Met me? Place. Met you in an not alternate universe. Yeah. When you were there for that Exit 59 show, when we bumped into each other, literally. Um, no, that didn't happen. But that's in an essay that you can read about in the book. A, uh, revisionist history of Ted and Zach. Um, but a crazy thing happened at Taylor this last week. And a couple of crazy things have happened at Taylor over the last year. But, um, All chapel related. Old Chapman, that's right. Um, this last week, Taylor announced that it would be bringing in Vice President, current current sitting Vice President Mike Pence to give the graduation address. And it just like broke the internet. It broke the Christian internet. Taylor people went bananas. There were petitions, think pieces, um, various, various things of many kinds. I actually wrote about it. I wrote about this yesterday between naps after Easter. Um, so I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but, um, people, (laughs) and also I'm not angry. I'm 0% angry that they're bringing in Mike Pence. I could care less. And also like, wouldn't you agree, Zach? And we'll just use this to kick off the conversation. And I want to hear what you think about it. Don't you agree that the graduation address is the single most meaningless 20 minutes in American public life? It's the most ignored, forgotten. First of all, you're in a gymnasium or you're on a football field where, um, Without fail, it's 98 degrees with 99% humidity. And you have, like, a suit on with a robe over it. you got a suit, a robe, a black hat. Yeah, it's all Everything's black. just baking, absorbing yes. the heat. Um, yeah, all you all you want more than anything in the world is for it to just be over, right? Like, I did not use enough talcum powder today. Yeah, there's not enough talcum powder in the world for this situation. <laughs> um, but, nevertheless, Taylor people are freaking out. They're going bananas. Um, what do you make of this? I think that you're right in that it's inconsequential because these situations, the commencement address, is 50% about the college saying, look, we can get someone significant. Yeah. 50% about the person saying, look, I'm sought after, I'm doing these things. Yeah. Uh, and I can put this, you know, I can be funny and it'll yeah. go viral, you know, video yeah. of it. 
and then 0% about the students. Mm-hmm. And so the students starting a petition about something that's 0% related to them is super stupid. It's super stupid. Also, the faculty started the petition. Mm, boy. So, dude, there, there's hell hath no fury like a college professor scorned. It's uh, it's a funny thing when when people of my ilk get worked up over something. It's really it, to me, it's hilarious. My other my other impression is, like I don't know much about Michael Pence. Mm-hmm. I know he seems like a quiet, unassuming little guy. Mm-hmm. I know he's a I know he's a Christian and like a like standard like if it was 1985, yeah. no one would be mad about anything that he believes or says. Sure. Um, and he just seems, he almost seems like a kid who's in over his head. Yeah. Like, oh crap, what I get into when I got on this ticket kind yeah, of thing. Right, right. If it was Donald Trump, I would get the outrage. Sure, I would too. I don't understand it. And I, when I hear about it, like my first thought is, mm-hmm. I feel bad for Mike Pence. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm just wanted to come and give a speech for free. And, right. and, and encourage you to succeed and live out your dreams and fly. Yeah. Oh, the places you'll go. And you were yeah. all like, you're a bad person. I hate you. I'm sure he's used to this crap by now. Didn't he get thrown out of like Hamilton? <laughs> like all the, all the theater people were like, no, Mike yeah, Pence, you can't watch our play. No, no at the end, like somebody oh. from the, the cast got up and just eviscerated him. Oh, great. He just wanted like a night out yeah. with his wife. I just want to overpay for a theater ticket like everyone else who's watching <laughs> Hamilton. And uh, and he gets, the poor guy gets eviscerated. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really funny moment. And, and, and I, a, I would feel bad if it was Joe Biden too. I it's would not, too. It's not yeah. political. I, I don't and, care and about it. Maybe like, that's our Midwesterness coming out. Like okay. I feel bad about anybody getting eviscerated, right? Um, so I, I feel like unless unless you're looking for it, unless your yeah. whole deal is like unless your whole, whole deal is like I'm and, a provocateur yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so th- maybe the thing that I'm most ashamed of is that. I feel like there was a thing in the past that, it, as Midwesterners, we used to be really good at, and it was just getting over stuff. Yes. Like, as a Midwesterner, you would get some bad news. Let's say, like, you got some bad news at work, or, like, you read an article that you didn't like, or whatever, and maybe you rant about it a little bit in your living room, but then, you know, the next day you get in your truck, get in your tractor, and it's over, right? You've gotten over it. And I feel like we've lost the ability to get over stuff. So the fact that... A week and a half later, everybody's still, like, yelling and screaming at each other on the internet about this. is really, like, kind of disconcerting to me. Um, let me ask you this. Your sister is a graduate of Taylor. Uh-huh. Is she, is she like, super worked up over it? No, I think I saw that she posted something on social media like, Oh, haha, my my school is in the headlines or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, just mildly kind sure. of amused. Yeah, like, this is happening at my school kind of thing. I'm, I'm trying to find this, uh, what's this Midwest motto that I saw on a t-shirt the other day? I don't know if I find it. I'd be interested. Here it is. I, this is a this is a t-shirt, uh, a great Etsy store for, yeah. for stuff having to do with Michigan and Lansing where I live. And it's the Midwest, so it's, yeah. you know, like the, the states. Oh, the, dude, I would wear that. That's says, the money. be kind, work hard. I love it. And I feel like if that's what I you're doing, it. you're not worrying about... Mm-hmm. Freaking out over a college that, frankly, you probably hadn't heard of. That's right. Two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or a week ago. That's right. And now you're up in arms about something they're doing. Mm-hmm. Be kind. Work hard. Burn everybody to the ground on the internet. That's <laughs> right. a 2019 yeah, version. Right. It's yeah. changed. Right. It's it's totally changed. Is is it possible that social media and the internet and everything has kind of brought the worst of the like? East and West Coast mindset right into middle America. I think it has, but I I think, Zach, it's also like the internet is nothing if not an occasion to make everything about me. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So I think in 1985, just to stick with like the year that you picked at random, in 1985, if something happens, like if Taylor books a graduation speaker that you don't like, you say, wow, I'm, I'm not crazy about that. But in, in no universe is it even possible for that to be about you. You know right, what I mean? Right. That's news that's happening apart from you. And in 1985, there was this really tidy distinction between my life and the lives of everybody else that are happening apart from me. So if right. Taylor books a speaker I don't like, it's like, well, bummer. You know, that sucks. But I've got my own life. I've got my own stuff to do. But in, in 2019... It's only 24 hours in the day. How many am I going to use? Everything in 2019 is an invitation for me to put a post up, for me to write a think piece, to make it about me in a way that, like, nothing was about me in 1985. Um, I think that's the thing I hate the most about 2019. <laughs> I hate the present. <laughs> Well, you know, if you would just say you hate the president, you'd be on board. Well, dude, I'd be popular. My, my, my approval rating would go through the roof. I don't hate the president. I hate the present. Um, said I'm nothing the president. No, no yeah, yeah, and I'm nothing the president. I really don't, though. Like, I really... I, I've, I have such a, a low view of politics, and I have such a low view of my own, like... Um, my own amount of, like, influence over the right. system. I yeah. just don't care. Well, I mean, even if you think your vote is going to make a big difference, yeah. you know that your like, hand-wringing isn't. That's right. And like, your shouting isn't. And yeah. certainly your tweeting isn't. Well, and it, it, it's the same. Like Another comparison would be, it's why I don't get depressed if a sports team loses. Like, like if local team is playing and everybody's cheering and getting really excited, if they lose, like I don't get depressed because I had literally zero to do with that. Right. You know, if I worked for the team, or if I was a coach or a player, if I would it's your son's team or if something. If it was my son's yeah. team, but I have absolutely no connection to it. So why would I get, why, why would it affect my life? That's how I feel about politics. And that's how I feel about Taylor bringing in Mike Pence. Like, I really don't care. Look at the cat, dude. Dude, your cat is amazing. Isn't what, she magnificent? Hey, what's your cat's name? Jane. What, what's her full name? Jane Hare. Her I Christian love it. name. Yeah, her freaking yeah. her Christian name. Dude, your cat is like the ideal cat. Dude, she's phenomenal. She really is. She knows we're talking. She goes, I know you're talking about me. I don't care. Yeah. Because I'm a cat and yeah. I'm better than you. Dude, look at her, man. What a what an elegant beast. Dude, I'm glad that we're both cat people. Yes, dude. It's an important thing. If we were if we were not, that would be that would be hard. It would create some It surprised me to learn that you were a cat guy. Yeah. Like like I would have expected you to be as indifferent to like a cat as you would be to I don't know, like uh, a kid. Yeah, I'm not really into <laughs> toddlers. We've talked about this before. I'm not like a toddler guy at <laughs> right. all. Toddlers don't charm me. They they don't delight me. Uh, I, I, I you know, but um, but yeah, no, I love cats. I've always loved cats. They're just gentle, sweet creatures. Yeah. The great Arnold Cluck, for whom the smoking lounge is named, he had a he always had an assortment of like outdoor cats, kind of on his property. That he would. This is such a great old guy thing. Did your grandpa do this? He would pay me like twenty bucks to feed the cats, which took like two and a half minutes. You know. Um, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's baller. Yeah, he'd be like, hey, go feed the cats for me. And I'd do it, and he'd come back, and he'd do the thing where, like, he had the 20 in his palm, and he would shake my hand and, like, oh. palm me the $20. I felt like Henry Hill in the first, like, hour and a half of Goodfellas. Like, the good part. The, the thing with my grandfather is he had, like, I, as far as I know, there were an infinite number of, of kind of degrees of separation between him and any, like, awesome Chicago, like, back alley yeah, yeah. speakeasy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I I never got that experience. Yeah, well I did, man. It was it was nice. That sounds awesome. Maybe I could give you that experience this week, dude. I like that. I could pay you twenty bucks to like fill Jane's uh, Jane's food dish in the morning tomorrow, but I'm gonna surprise you with it. It may or may not happen. 
<laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not going to happen. And then I'm going to say some great old man thing like, I can't get yourself something nice. Or don't spend it all in one place. Um, now, what kind of a uh, expense, a purchase, would your grandfather have approved of and not thought was stupid for a, for a 12-year-old kid to make? Dude, honestly, like, I don't think you would have judged any purchase that I would have made. If you would have gone um, and bought, like, a crap ton of, of like, wax paper uh, baseball card packets. Oh, he would have been 100% behind that. All right. Because he was a baseball guy. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever made a purchase that he was disdainful of. Because usually I was buying football stuff, and he was a football guy too, so he approved of, of all that. Maybe if I'd gone out and bought, maybe if I'd purchased like, I don't know, $20 worth of Depeche Mode CDs or whatever, he would have he would have looked askance at that, but probably not. He probably wouldn't have cared. Um, that's just the kind of guy he was. Baby, anything else on Mike Pence? How long, what's the shelf life on these scandals? How long is this going to be a thing? I, what's weird is I feel like with the introduction of the 24-hour news cycle, yeah, the the national sort of attention span went down. Yeah, I felt like the introduction of this completely continuous churning 24/7 like Twitter sphere type thing would make that would amplify that. Yeah, would make everything shorter. Yeah. but it's not. It's making stuff hang around forever. It's because people love outrage. Yes. Yeah. Well, and because those threads, it, it, anyone responds to something, the whole thing comes back roaring right. back to life. That's right. And I think it's I, I. Do you think he's going to wind up doing it, or do you think the? See, that's the thing. All the like protest types, they want Taylor to to can it to shut it down. Shut it down. Like, now. Shut it down now. Exactly. We got a big problem down here. Um, and by a big problem, I mean there's someone scheduled to give a commencement address for at a 20 graduation. Minutes, who happens to be a really prestigious guy. <laughs> um, that's the big problem. Right. You know, that's, if that's your worst problem, you're doing all right. You're doing okay as an institution, really. Like. Tip of the cap to Taylor. You're not doing that badly. But um, I could see if, like, the the water supply was tainted on campus or if your kids were in danger in some way. But, um, you know, this in the grand scheme of things is not so bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, like, the, the, the ability of, like, college professors to remain angry over inconsequential stuff is... There's a lot of endurance there. There's a lot of staying power. So uh, it, could, it could hang around for a while. Um, the thing I love about the college that I teach at... They don't spend any money on the graduation speaker. They have this other big event called the scholarship dinner where they do, like, they pull out all the stops and they bring in these big, like, national, international level speakers. But graduation is always, like, somebody's dad who's, like, a professor at another college that they got at a bargain. Or, like, the lady that scooped out the eggs at uh, the <laughs> yeah, exactly. this morning. Dude, she would be great, though. Dude, that, lady, that lady's accent made me feel so happy and warm and safe. Dude, that lady's always there. Yeah? Yeah, she's been there literally every time I've been to that place. That's the thing that we're missing in... You know, that, that's, that's why there's no cheers. Yeah. Like, even places that I've gone three times a week for the past 15 years... Yeah. There's it's always so much turnover, yeah, especially yeah. in a university town, yeah, yeah. where it's always kids, and then they're sure. here, they're gone, they're gone. whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's so comforting. It is. It's nice. The place we're going tonight, same thing. Dude. Same staff, always. It's always the same guy. Dude, we're gonna we're gonna live. Uh, we're gonna live. Live that tweets. That? We're gonna live podcast that I love a little it, bit I while love we it. eat our Indian food. Yeah, no, I love maybe we can that. talk to the owner a little bit. Hundred percent. Hundred. Who's telling that you're you're continuing to promote his business? He that's loves right. you. That's right. That's because right. you wrote a little uh, piece in the... A little fawning piece. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, can we segue from one uh, vice president to another? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, on the on the plane, actually on two different planes on the way here. I, I flew to Atlanta and then I flew mm -hmm. from there to, to Nash, Vegas. And uh, between the two, I watched most of the uh, newish release 
mm-hmm. Vice, mm-hmm. which I've wanted to see. Dude, it came out with a lot of fanfare, a huge cast. Well, here's the thing about it: amazing actors. Yeah, dude. So amazing performances. Who's all in it? Amy Adams, Christian Amy Adams, Bale. Christian Bale is Christian Bale has transformed himself completely again. Yeah. Into, it, you could put the two a guys fat next old to each guy. other. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't know who's who. Sam Rockwell, who I Sam love. Sam Rockwell is George W. Bush, and he does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got Steve Carell as Dom, Donald Rumsfeld. I love yeah. Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah. He's so I, I like him better as a funny man, yeah. but he's all right. Yeah. Um, who else? So, like, everybody who's in it is someone famous. Yeah. yeah. And some of them are like the that guy. Sure. It's that guy. But, but still, it's it, an impressive collection of that guys. Yeah. And, and, and it's really... Um, the, the preview for it made it look like it was going to be... Deep and fair, yeah, and, and stuff. It was a steaming, just it was the. If you went behind like a, a Long John Silver's <laughs> that that went out of business two months ago, right? They went out of business in June and now it's August, but they didn't pay for the dumpster yeah. to be empty. And it's the middle of summer, so it's like a hundred sweltering. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's what it was. Yeah. It was. Terrible. Let me tell you one example. Quantify. Yeah, yeah, quantify. Because I know you can. I just want to hear. Yeah. Actually, here, here's the thing. Yeah. It's not that it was even that bad of a movie. Yeah. What, I'm sure the cinematography was good, the whole... What struck me was the space between what it thought it was and what it tried to be and what it actually turned out as. Ooh. And it was a big space. That's awkward. It, yeah. it, it was it was 90s, but not in a good way. Yeah. It was 90s like when you watch American Beauty again, and mm. you're like cringing through the whole thing. And you know the director's like, we're really doing something. Here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was trying to be big eye important. Yeah. Like, like going in and out of the narrative and maybe mm. breaking the fourth wall and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, But, <laughs> so here's an example. Yeah. So they're talking about whether or not Dick Cheney is going to even entertain the idea of being the vice president. Sure. And, and he's brushing his teeth. And Lynn Cheney, who, frankly, they, both of these people have been aged, Hollywood aged, in a yeah. way that doesn't look like they're about to rip off Mission Impossible masks. Right, yeah. It looks real. Yeah. And they're both amazing performers. Yep. But th- th- tell me how hard this makes you cringe. Yeah. She, they're talking about this, and she says, you know, why even keep talking about it? It's not like we can deliver some Shakespearean soliloquy that will sum everything up. Then they crawl into bed... And she just starts delivering as if it's conversation. I think yeah, it's from yeah, King yeah. Lear, or yeah, I don't know. I was yeah, barely yeah. paying attention at this point. A Shakespearean soliloquy. It lasts like six minutes long. Oh. It was so self-important and stupid. There, there's if it was Cheers, Sam Malone would have climbed out the window. Yes, for the episode yes. we watched last night. He had gone back to his hidden in his office. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and then Amy Adams would have showed up at the door and been like, "What happened? Oh, he yeah. thought it was disgusting." And he'd have been like, "No, I just think that you're 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 super bored, bloviating." Yeah, and, yeah right. Like halfway through the thing, yeah. Um, when he he retires and starts working for Halliburton, mm-hmm. it like it comes up with these these title cards or the, 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 yeah. the epilogue card and it yeah. says like, you know, he lived happily ever after with his family and never entered politics again. And his heart is really strong, and he takes part in you know triathlons. Yeah, and he's really nice to his family. And literally, credits roll. Wow. And even when I describe it now, it sounds clever. Yeah. The way that it played off was yeah. just so stupid. Yeah. I and mean, there were so many of those situations. Like, yeah. it tried so hard to defy genre, and it just defied being good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. Full of its own virtue, right? Preachy, full of its own virtue. Kind of like the, uh, the, the, the conference that we talked about in the last episode. And when you had that group of people with that project before them, mm-hmm. that was theirs to lose, man. Yeah. yeah. It, it could have been so great. But they're really playing to a very particular kind of 2019 audience. 
it's like when a band makes a record for other musicians and you know that they're doing it for other musicians and not for an audience at all. Um, it has a certain kind of, it's like a Radiohead album, right? <laughs> You're supposed to say that you like it, but in reality, you never, ever, ever want to listen to it. You liked Creep, but after that... Yeah, exactly. And, and like, the, here's the thing, too. Like, the dialogue was... I mean, the script was a train wreck. Yeah. They, they present all these people not as, like, equally corrupt with every other politician, Republican and Democrat, and yeah, even yeah. self-serving, but as literally mustache-twirling... Right. Not Villains. literally, because they don't have mustaches. Yeah, yeah, but like, as, I, as, I get what you're saying. As these Mustache-twirling, like... Tying a girl to some railroad tracks yes. kind of villains. Yeah, yes. yeah. Dude, there's a scene. Here's another one that, that almost sounds clever. Uh-huh. They show them at a, a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Albert Molina comes out. Okay. Again. I'm, Great that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the waiter. Yeah. And he starts saying, well, what I have for you tonight is renaming torture as enhanced interrogation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that comes with a nice side mm-hmm. of blah, blah, blah. We also have... You know, Guantanamo Bay, which is yeah. a way to avoid... And he goes through all this... Too clever like, by half. What would you like? Yeah. And Dick Cheney kind of looks at everybody and goes, We'll take all of it. Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm like, okay, are you are you literally doing... Are, don't you feel embarrassed right now right, right, that you're right. pro- producing this as content for the right, public? Right, It was awful. It's like a college film festival movie. 100% I'm going to watch the rest of it on the way home. Oh, so you only watched a bit of it. <laughs> I watched like... Two thirds of it. It's long. Okay. It's two yeah, hours yeah. and twenty minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I probably saw an hour and forty-five minutes. Cool. And I see where it's going. I just want to know. Yeah. It's a train wreck. I can't look away from. You want to have the, the full experience. Yeah, yeah. I hate. Yeah. I hate bailing on movies. Yeah, yeah. I won't. Sure, sure. I will. Um, but I do. I also feel that little niggling sense of like, um, I got. I got to wrap this thing up. You know, I got to land the plane. See how they how they deal with it. But, uh, dude, has there ever been a a a company? That was more like widely lampooned in pop culture than Halliburton. Most people don't know anything about it, right? But like you, you, you see it come up on like Halliburton had a little like one and a half episode arc on Thirty Rock. Uh-huh. If you ever watch that program, it's one of our favorite sitcoms. We in a in a way lampooned it with La Haye Armaments in the rewrapped right, novels. Right, yeah. So yeah, we've even been well. It's an easy target. And, yeah. and what happened? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that. They gave Dick Cheney a crap ton of money as like an exit package, yeah. and then he turned around and gave him a bunch of no bid contracts. Yeah, is shady, but that happens all the time, every day, under every. Yeah, I mean that's just how the world works, and it shouldn't. Yeah, but like to act like you're all clever by like dropping the name Halliburton. Yeah, and that's the joke. Yeah, shows oh, yeah. that you're not funny. Yeah, and you're not clever. You know what I hate about 2019 too? <laughs> like, don't you hate that like? Culture is almost forcing your hand in that you have to, you have to out yourself as a like strident Republican or a strident yes. Democrat, and there's no sort of middle ground or indifference allowed, right? So you have to watch, you have to, you have to watch watching watching Vice in 2019 or 2018 or whenever it came out is an exercise in like. You have to pound the table afterward, and you have to say, yes, Cheney was the worst, or George W. Bush was the worst, or whatever. Um, there's just no there's no category for nuance or indifference. Like, I'm not interested in nuance. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in not caring about that. <laughs> um, I'm interested in not being interested about it. But if you were interested in it, you wouldn't be allowed to be nuanced about That's it. That's right. Yeah, you have to pound the table. You have to... What's have... more, you're not allowed to not care about it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're really not allowed to not care about it. Which is hard. I mean, it's hard to be 
you're a pastor. I'm a co- I'm a college professor and a, and a columnist. It's hard to be a public a public figure in some in some way, shape, or form in 2019 without like being forced to to sort of dude forget public fig- like any anybody like here, here's yeah. an example of this. There's a guy named uh, Nathan Pyle. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. He writes this uh, online comic called Strange Planet. Mm-hmm. It's just like four panel things mm-hmm. of like aliens doing human things and talking about them in these really weird terms. Yeah. So like uh, someone putting salt on something. Yeah. And like uh, you're applying chemicals. This will mean fewer re- re- revolutions around the earth. Uh-huh. You know, like, like yeah, I yeah, prefer yeah. more chemicals and, f- and fewer revolutions. Sure, this kind sure, of thing. Sure. So he, he's got like millions of followers or hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. And at one point he hit like on something having to do with the March for Life. Yeah, and he just got... And somebody was like, well, hold on. Are you for or against women's reproductive rights? And he was like, actually, what I am is a guy who writes goofy little cartoons and has his own views on things. And no one would let that lie. Nope. And it it went on for... It's probably still going on now. It's been weeks. Yeah. And and it's like, no one cared about that before. That I have to vilify you if your views on something are different from mine. If your opinion of a public figure is different from mine, I have to just sit there and not let it rest. Until it's I've broken worst. you. It's a great. It's a great what example. We hate about 2019, maybe is the episode. <laughs> You're right. It's a great example, though, of like how the world works in relation to how the gospel works in the, in the world. So if you say something offensive, like um, I like the March for Life, you know, the internet will will take you and nail you to the cross and keep you up there until they decide that you've had enough, right? Or you apologize. And, and even, even then, even then, quite allowed for, even then it's yeah. not quite allowed. They're going to keep you up on the cross, and they're going to keep, like, you know, beating the crap out of you, um, you know, until, like, vultures are picking at the corpse. And then they, they might drag you down and let you, like, recover. Um, but, but Resting only, comfortably at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> but, but only when they decide it's over. And, man, I hate this. Like, there's no hope in that, you know? Yes. But yeah, that's what people continue to do, even, like... And that's progress, my friend. That's progress. That's justice. Right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the new version of justice. It's the and new I, version of justice. I pat myself on the back and say, in the name of being very tolerant and and, and very uh, you know uh, warrior for for yeah. equality and, and things, I have now completely ruined someone right. and, and uh, made it so their life is hell and their children hate their lives too. That's right. Good for me. Good for me. I've done a good Woo. thing. Oh I'm, really, I'm really making the world a better place. It's the worst, dude. Now let me ask you this. Yeah. When we when we uh, ran through and had a, a, a guffaw or, or five on the on the uh, shoulders of the or at the expense of the evolving Christianity, yeah, evolving faith, yeah, conference, what made us better than what we're describing? Um, I think I think nothing probably, <laughs> but one spit take per day. Yeah, yeah. I kept it in. Maybe the fact that that bit went. Four minutes, and we don't. Neither of us care enough about the evolving faith conference to like continue to post about it and eviscerate it right. and write think pieces about it. And like, we hate zero of the people involved in it because we we care zero about the people involved in it. <laughs> Truly, I mean, I, I I care in a broad sense that that's out there, and I wish it wasn't, and I wish it wasn't like leading people away from from scripture and, and the cross and all that. But like in a very w- real way, I feel about that in the same way that I feel about. Republican Democrat stuff, which is that I don't have any influence there. So people are going to do what they're going to do. God is sovereign. He's going to use it. He's going to, he'll, he'll redeem it all. Right. 
eventually he will redeem all of this. Um, such that I don't feel like I have to do the work of eviscerating the the conference day after day until I feel like it's suffered enough, right? I would even respect a guy who went there, listened to all the talks, and rebutted them in a series of articles or something. I would appreciate it, but I'm never going to be that guy. I wouldn't be. I, I, I would. There's a time at which I would have been. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference is... That there was a time in which I was. I wrote Why We're Not Emerging right, 11 right. years ago or whenever that was. Right. In fact, probably it paid for the smoke room. But <laughs> Maybe they uh, have. Yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is, like, even in that, you weren't trying to, like, shame and destroy people. Yeah. You were saying these ideas are, are hot, wet garbage. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I didn't want to see the people suffer, you know? Exactly, yeah. And I still don't. And, and to be fair, like, I may not write that book in 2019. You know what I mean? If 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 the same opportunity came along in it's a young man's game, dude. It's a young man's game. Absolutely. Being outraged. I, it is. Yeah. I'm so much less outraged today than I was 12 years ago when I wrote that. Like And what's funny is I remember mm-hmm. at 24 mm-hmm. and I act like that's forever ago. It's not. Mm-hmm. I'm only 40. Oh, 41 in a few days. Mm-hmm. But uh I I remember at that age thinking, "Oh no, those people who are you know, like, quote-unquote, too mature to be all mad about this, are yeah. just beat down by it, and they've yeah. given up, and the fire's dying. Yeah. And and, and now it's... That's totally me now. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think it's just learning to pick your battles and recognizing what's futile, futile yeah. and what's what's well, and recognizing putting energy into. What you actually have influence over. Yeah. Right? Which, yeah. for us, is our our families, our kids, your, your flock. Congregation, yeah. You know... My writing, my little writing program, and trying to treat people well there, and care for people, and um, like that's enough. That's enough influence, and for me to do that well will take a lifetime, right? Um, so I don't need to be online fighting all these other battles and and you know nailing people to crosses all over the place because I want to see them suffer. Um, I don't know. Let's, that, let's talk about something less depressing. Let's do it. And that is a 90s style movie that's 90s style in the best way. Yes. I love this conversation. Which is called Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, this is a movie that um, that you watched. I, I remember seeing trailers for it and thinking, oh my gosh, that looks awesome. And even thinking that would be worth a trip to the theater to see. But time came and went. KK and I never saw it for one reason or another. You watched it and you were like, dude, you got to see this El Royale, Bad Night at the El Royale movie. It's got all these great people in it, right? It's got... Uh, it's got Donnie Draper, John Hamm. John Hamm, Chris Hemsworth. Um, who else is, is... It's been a long time since I saw it. It's, it's yeah. got a, a number of... It's, it, the, the woman who plays the like singer yeah. was phenomenal. I she was incredible. I'd never seen her before. Just amazing. Oh, it had... Um, the, the young lady, too, who was like, yeah. bought into the cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never seen her before. Really interesting. So it really, did, really interesting. It did uh, introduce some new actors... Yeah, so, oh, and it had Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is the priest. The ultimate grizzled old troubled guy. That's and his Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman's in it for a minute. Yeah, that's right, right at the beginning. Um, really, really interesting movie. And, and this movie has a thing that I love. And I find that the older I get, the more I love this motif that I'm about to explain. It's the whole motif of if the time period and the set design is so right, I would watch the movie even if it had no plot and it was just like, Hours of the comings and goings of this hotel. And mm-hmm. that's exactly how I felt about El Royale. Even before the bullets started flying and the intrigue started. Like, just the, the, the set design, 
the, the, the pleasantness of the mid-century furniture and all the things to look at in the hotel. The quirkiness of the, the state line between yeah, the two sides. the state sides. line, the Nevada-California state line between the two. I would have watched two and a half hours of just, like, somebody walking around with a camera in the hotel. and like, oh, I want to see that vending machine more. And I want to stop machine. on the cigarette machine, the Dude, thing that the vends out the sandwiches. Yes, yes. Through the rotating sandwich machine. It was so cool. Let, let me suggest that maybe... I wanted to be in that moment. Part of what made that so amazing was, and this is a case with a lot of movies I love. The one that comes to mind is um, Suicide Kings. Okay. Movies that feel like this could be a stage play. Okay. Yeah. Where they yeah, yeah. really, and I think Wes Anderson has a lot of these too. Yep. You feel like they could just like spotlight goes down here and then comes yep. up here, and there's an elaborate set, and yep. we're moving back and forth throughout it, and it's small scale, that's but right. big character stuff. That's right. And and that movie had that vibe. Dude, it totally did, man. It was so fun on that level. But then it also folded in, like, great music, a very 90s relationship with chronology. So one of the things that happened in the 90s was the director started screwing with, like, the movement of time. And movies started being less linear and more sort of self-reverential in terms of their chronological messings around. Uh, this movie did that, not in an annoying way, but just in a, in a way that really worked. Um... Some fun, like, character arcs with Jeff Bridges and uh, and some of the other characters. Good 90s violence. Like, jarring violence, but... Um, but not, like, bloody, gory stuff. Yeah, the violence wasn't the show. Um, the story was the show, and the set design, and the, the visuals were the show. But it was an homage to Tarantino at his best. I very think. much an homage to Tarantino. Very Tarantino-y. Um, it was really fun, man. Like, and it, and it, it gave me a movie-viewing experience that's few and far between anymore and maybe this is a function of our age and just having seen so many of the great movies like it's very rare that i watch a movie anymore and i'm like delighted by it like oh my gosh that was so good that was so clever like i've got to write about it or i've got to like, <laughs> talk to my wife for an hour about it it's so rare that i have that experience um but that one totally delivered on that level super fun man super fun um what else I, baby? I feel like it kind of lost some of its steam when Hemsworth came into the into the main. Yeah, dude. Okay, so I have a I have a well documented man crush on Chris Hemsworth. You do not necessarily because he's a great actor, but more because of how he looks. And he looked he looked awesome. <laughs> it takes a big man to admit that, dude. He looked awesome in this movie. The hair was long. Uh-huh. The, the the body was jacked. The whole thing. And clearly, part of this was I'm not Thor anymore, guys. Yeah. Look how not Thor anymore I am. But it did not work. He was the he was the Achilles heel of the movie, dude. If that would have been Brad Pitt playing that part, Brad oh Pitt my in the gosh, 90s, dude. it would have it would have worked. It would have worked so well. Brad Pitt now, I yeah, mean, Brad, right, any yeah. era Brad Pitt playing that particular character. So the character was supposed to be this like ultra hot, ultra charismatic like cult leader, leader basically, who is, is well, like a, '60s style like LSD cult, '60s style cult. LSD cult. He's into some really bad stuff, some really criminal activity. But he's seducing, like, all these young women. And, he, and he's very much um, sadistic, like, making people fight each other and stuff. Yeah, for yeah, his yeah. Amusement. For his own amusement. But wildly charismatic. Dude, if that had been Brad Pitt, that would have been an Oscar movie. I would have I would have immediately believed it. I would have believed it. It would have been an Oscar movie. He didn't ruin the movie. He didn't ruin the movie. But he did but he make was it the, better. He was the weakest link in the movie yeah, by, yeah. by a long shot. Be- because it felt like he was trying... This is interesting. So this is a... This is, like, an actor thing. But... It felt like he was trying to put a, a spin or an interpretation on the character that just didn't work. But he stayed with it. And maybe he needed a director to say, like, respectfully, that's not working. Just be yourself. 
Just be Chris Simsworth. Just do movie star stuff. Uh-huh. Just be a big movie star. And be the wildly charismatic dude that you actually are in real life. Uh, after whom people actually would follow if you started a cult. Dude, right. If you started any cult, <laughs> anywhere, anytime right now, people would follow you. They'd walk off a cliff behind you. You could start a cult based on you actually being Thor. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and people would do it. But but yeah, it felt like he was trying to do this faux, like, interpretive thing that just didn't, it didn't work for the character at all. Um, but I still like the movie, obviously. Dude, the end scene, little spoiler alert. Three, two, one. Spoilers. Yeah. Is uh, when he had the, like roulette thing going. Yeah. With the gun. Like, he, I don't know. He he was he, he was scary. Yeah. You know he did he did embody that well. I think he just went a little too over the top, and the rest of it was quite. It wasn't a subtle movie. Yeah. But the the performances were downplayed. You know. Dude, my favorite again. Spoilers. My favorite jump scene was when uh, Jeff Bridges is making the drink yes. for the singer. And they cut immediately to her, like, whacking him on the head with, a, like, a liquor bottle and knocking him out. Because she knows he's bad news. Something's up with him. She knows yes. he can't be trusted. Um, in the street smarts that it showed in her character, like, that was a great moment. That made me jump. I had never been, I never maybe, but rarely been so immediately completely bought in yeah. to a character. And yeah. when I thought maybe she was, like, bad news when she whacked him, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And when I realized that it was just self-preservation. Yeah. And they had those ba- those flashbacks to like her getting like shouted down yeah. by the like the white guy making yeah. her sing the Motown stuff, and yeah. you're just like what she's been through, and and you want her to do well, yeah. And it felt so good, yeah, it, yeah. It, spoiler uh, when uh, when she did, yes. And it ended with her on top. It was Dude, just- I love that, and that and that was a good thing. That was a good like. So part of my fear always with a movie like that, that's a little bit more on the artistic side of Hollywood. My fear is that they're always going to go deep dive art house and make everybody that you like die. Coen Brothers would have killed her. Coen Brothers would have savagely killed her. Like they were a pizza. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They would have killed her right off. And they didn't. Like, they left you with a good feeling. And they left you with a little crackle of redemption vis-a-vis the Jeff Bridges character. Yeah! It was perfect. It was was really nice in that regard. Um, And, and yeah, I would watch it again because of that, for sure. Dude, is that something we could watch tonight? With or without Triss? Oh, I don't know. Um, probably without. <laughs> probably without. I'm guessing without. Dude, we could totally watch it tonight. I'd watch it again. I, I have only seen um, it the one time. It's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, so very really good, good movie. movie. Very, very good movie. Very fun. Like, a fun world to inhabit for a little while. Let me ask you this vis-a-vis that movie and an actor in that movie. Um, where's John Hamm's IMDb going from here? So, he did Mad Men. He does this iconic character that's iconic for looking a certain way. He's done like some comedic beats with. He was on Thirty Rock, another uh, second Thirty Rock ref. He was on Parks and Rec for. He was on Parks and Rec for a minute. He always plays like the hot, vapid guy in those kind of walk-on roles. Um, He did that um, million dollar arm thing. Yeah, which was good. No one talked about that. I felt like that was such a good movie. movie. That delivered every like sports movie thing that it's supposed to deliver. Like the 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 unexpected relationship check. Um, the downtrodden athlete who has a lot to overcome, check. You get a little, like, you get a little chill scene. Um, you get a grizzled old coach. Um, that was a great sports movie that nobody talks about. He did The Town. He was great in The Town. Great in The Town. He also did that, oh, he did that Tarantino-y homage thing, Baby Driver. Have you seen Baby Driver? I want to. I have not seen it. You haven't seen it? Dude, maybe that's what we watch tonight with Tristan. Okay. Because um, he's been wanting to see that. Because I've been talking. That's that the up one where like the the soundtrack is synced up to like the action and everything. Yeah, yeah. And the kid in it, the kid who's the driver, is wildly charismatic. 
Um, and I know he's not new because people that follow that director really like. Who, like who the is kid. the kid? Um, let me look it up. Cut this out, but. No, I like. I want to leave that in. The sound of you typing. Yes, you sure. type with a certain energy. Yeah, there's a certain rhythm to it. A certain music. Um, so the director is is Edgar Wright, um, who's who's gotten quite famous over the last few years. And the the kid, the young the young guy who's the driver is uh, Ansel. Let's see, Ansel Elgort is the name of Baby. Dude, I do not recognize this guy in the least. Yeah, I don't know what he's done besides this. Let's click on him. Let's see his IMDb. The thing about Ansel Elgort, he's like unconventionally good looking. Oh, The Fault in Our Stars. Was he like the heartthrob in that? Probably. I haven't seen that. I didn't either. What's I, The I, Fault in Our like, Stars? That's one that like... the John Green, like everyone's got cancer and they're in love situation. Everybody's dying and in love. I feel like that movie gets made every five years. Yes. You can set your watch by that movie getting made. What's funny is like the, the poster for that has like... They're, like, snuggled up, and she has, like, oxygen tubes in her nose. Yeah. And then I saw a poster in the theater, like, a week and a half ago. And he had the oxygen tubes. And, no, they were oh. both both in the couple. Dude, they're leveling they up. They both had. They're like, you know what? I, don't, just hear me out. It's a double oxygen out. tubes movie. What if they both have the oxygen tubes? There you go. And, and like, the, the whole, like, boardroom was, like, the writer's room was quiet for a second, and then burst into applause. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if it was a sequel? And the, <laughs> and the leveling up of the franchise was they both got the tubes now. Although I'm sure one of them died in the oh, first Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You can't have that movie without one of them dying. It's a, it's a that would be bold to have that movie without one of them dying. I'd like to write that movie. Like, oh, you know what? Good news, I'm in remission. Yeah. Suddenly our love just seems, like, less important. It seems common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually don't have a lot in common anymore. We're from different worlds. You know what movie I'm also going to write? Where the red fern grows, but the dog's going to live. <laughs> so, Dude, take that, I everybody. I love that book. I loved it, except for the dog dying. Spoilers. The book the, was well, written. Old, old Dan dies. Yeah. He's buried and they make a headstone. Then yeah. little Ann, the other dog, climbs onto the headstone and dies of a broken heart. I'm about to die of a broken That's heart, a you son of <laughs> Bring me back up. Um, dude, look at your cat. I know. Your cat's great. Dude, my your cat's, cat's alive. Yeah. Look how alive your cat is. And Dude, I'm going to dump like thousands of dollars into research to make sure my cat never dies. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the whatever the cat like the cat vet tech is right now like I'm I'm putting all my money into dude that. the cat that we got when I was like 12 lived to be 23 years old no joke that's indoor cool. outdoor cat okay wow so she she lived through a lot we moved from Bay City Michigan to uh, like uh, up in uh, well my parents did up yeah, in yeah. Uh, Rockford like yeah. and, and it was Michigan. on a new development yeah. where there was woods all over sure cat disappeared. For six days. Yeah. I mourned the cat. Yeah. And it's passing. And it came back. Showed up one day, emaciated. Its voice was lower. And it was just like... Rrr! And I was like, come on in. Baby, describe what you felt when you came back. Dude, it was... How old were you? I was 22 oh, okay. years old. So you were... In my mind's eye, you were like 11. <laughs> 22? Okay. That word, it still works. Still works. Um, you were elated, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like somebody gave me back my cat. The ultimate redemption story. And the cat had oxygen tubes? Yeah. <laughs> and the cat that it was in love with also had oxygen tubes. <laughs> I just bought the movie rights to that, by the way. Dude, that would make a lot. It would. I feel like Angela Kinsey would be into that. I love it. Angela Martin is the character name. Yeah. I'm making another Office reference. Cut that out. Um, that would make a lot of money. <laughs> it would. It would make so much money. Much like our company over the last ten years. Mm. We've, we've, we've grossed... Upwards of four figures. I mean, you know, in the uh, high four figures. I dare say we have grossed, we've grossed in the low five In figures. the low fives. Yeah, yeah. Baby, we've done well. And uh, 
My fear now, though, is that we will have become so out of touch with regular people that uh, maybe our listeners won't even relate to us anymore. You know what might help with that? What? Let's, tonight, let's just go to, like, a regular, like, Indian restaurant. That's right. Nothing five stars, no white tablecloths, we'll nobody's making much of us, no private rooms. With, uh, yeah. you know, regular people, and right. eat a lot of Indian food, and then go to a cigar lounge. We'll go next door to the smoke shop, we'll buy some, some new sticks for tonight. No, I like it. That sounds like a nice idea. Um, and I think we should, my head. we should choose to do it, right? <laughs> Actually, baby. And so, radio-wise, this is two guys making their plans for the evening. <laughs> I just want to let you know what you're in for. Um, there is a really nice... Really swank, like you have to go around the back of another restaurant. It's like a secret Italian restaurant in Jackson um, called Bistro Eleven Fifty, and I love it. I don't feel like I brought the right clothes for that. Uh, I don't know. Well, you, we could talk through what you brought. But okay, it's a little higher end. It's a little more expensive, but you'll love it, dude. The food is ridiculous. I was a little more beefed up. I could borrow a shirt. But... The atmosphere is ridiculous. You could still borrow a shirt, dude. You could wear any of my clothes. Um... <laughs> In fact, now I've got all different plans for tonight. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, you choose to at times, which is weird, and I've never judged you for that, and I never would, you know? Listen, you do whatever your journey dictates, right? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm out in the wilderness, and I don't know where I'm going or how I'm going to move forward. Except that I'm in Ted's outfits. <laughs> no, but that's an option. If you wanted to go a little higher end tonight. Let's do that. Let's do that. I want to go higher end. Okay. You know what? We can afford it. We're gut check. We're gut check. We just got a big influx of cash. Um, you're going to like that restaurant. Dude. Nice. It's so good. Nice. Although, like, not everybody knows me there. It's not going to be the same, like, maybe we could do Sizzler tomorrow night. Your boy wanted to go to Sizzler. So let's do that. All right. Okay. Let's, let's wrap this up before it gets... Yeah. Folks, this is two middle-aged men making their plans <laughs> for the evening. Uh, we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics. And we will see you next time.